from studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan, by the fan, old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object meets new school. Delivered in a big way. And to your point. 
point, Jonathan, the one hour, the leaving you wanting more, that, <laughs> like, as, as soon as the show ended, I had this thought, and I was like, shit, can all pro wrestling shows be an hour? Like, it, it, I, I mean, like, listen, we talk about it all the time. One of the reasons I think SmackDown is so much better than Raw is the fact that it's only two hours, right? Mm -hmm. And that they don't have to fill that third hour. We talk about it ad nauseum. I never really, I kind of forgot what an hour pro wrestling show was like in primetime TV. Took me back to the old Saturday night main event days, Jonathan, and it just, get your shit in. I know it's not always going to be, right? It's not always going to be three title matches. I get that. I understand that. Um, But my God. The, the hour and the way it flew by, and more importantly, to the to the point that you made, it leaves you wanting more. That's a good feeling. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what you... And then here's the difference between, I think, one-hour shows and two-hour shows, or in Raw's case, three-hour shows. What we're missing in wrestling is the cliffhanger, right? Something happens at the end of the hour, and you're saying, well, wait, how does that happen? And it goes off the air. That's what's missing. Wrestling was like that when I was growing up in the territory days. You as well being able to say, hey, what happened on Raw here? Stone Cold Steve, what happened? And then it goes off the air. The same thing here, what we saw with Rampage, where you're seeing the ebb and flow of the show, and you see what happens at the end, and it's like, okay, is there a promo next? No, actually, what's next is programming from TNT. It's off the air, just like that. So now it's like, wow, that was so. And that's what we grew up with is with the one-hour shows, and so you, but you want it more now. Of course, what the difference is from back in the day is that you had to wait an entire week, you had to go through a whole week and then watch it on the weekends. Here on Friday night, you have Destination Television. It's, it, to me, all of this, Ryan, we don't talk enough about this, is that it's just a win for everybody, right? Yes. You don't yes. have to have a... It, it, this is it, Wrestling does not have to be USC against Notre Dame. It doesn't have to be Yankees, Mets, Cubs, White Side. It doesn't have to be that. What you can look at as a celebration of wrestling in which you can have one brand that's on earlier in the night, and then it caps off with another brand. And, yeah. But we all win. We all are able to see wrestling. It's more now than just the two hours. Now we get three on Fridays, and that's a positive for everybody. I, I am completely with you. I I the the fandom surrounding professional wrestling it can get exhausting at times. Sure, right? The constant, it's tribal. Yeah, it, it is very tribal. But that to me can be a good thing. Okay, here's the issue. Like when you compare it to the the other ball and stick sport, ball and stick sports, hmm? those rivalries and stuff that I almost feel like they're kind of needed to help push the sport right they, 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 it, it creates kind of their own sort of war right we operate in a niche right now i do think there can be something a case can be made for making wars are good excuse me for conversation and all that but to your point you can do it without the toxic the toxic sort of fandom that we so often have in professional wrestling it is exactly to your point this isn't one versus the other. It does. I mean, last night, it did kick off some Friday Night Wars. I'm sure people are going to be looking at ratings and talking about it and all that. But again, it's not the worst thing. And if you can operate outside the drama, which you and I do, Jonathan Hood, we just kind of enjoy pro wrestling. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, well, shit, we've been watching bad pro wrestling for 30 plus years. We're kind of <laughs> used to it, right? But to your point, Friday night is now a celebration. And it's not just Friday night, man. Impact is yep. doing great things on Thursday because of the forbidden door being kicked open, right? Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. I mean, Jonathan, we've been pro wrestling fans our entire lives. Yes. I I, I wasn't around. I was a Vince McMahon kid. So like 88, 89, Ultimate Warrior, Rick Root, Mr. Perfect. I didn't know much about Southern wrestling. I really didn't know uh, about WCW until it really popped up on the Superstation right with regularity, right? And then Mm -hmm. video games came out and action figures and the marketing started and all that. Um yeah, it just, it, 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 it feels like, and again, I didn't live the territory days, but with the internet wrestling community, with Fight TV doing their thing, with all these different streaming options, with all these different promotions, it feels like the territories are bad. Jonathan, it feels like pro wrestling has never been better. I will tell you that 
this is a renaissance period for wrestling for what i what i question yeah because the difference between the territory days and and today is that i can watch wrestling monday through sunday and never get tired of it right because there's always different styles there's a difference now on the now back in the day it was just weekends saturdays and sundays there was not prime time i'm talking about before the raw era of of professional wrestling so so what i will tell you is that this is a great time to be a wrestling fan but i'll also say this with all the free agency that's out there to be able to have a show to carve a niche on a friday night oh it's a bad tv night it's never going to work no it's going to be fine because yeah. wrestling fans want to be able to see quality wrestling or something different than the wwe they'll watch the wwe but also they'll say well what's going on over here so i will say this at, at the top ryan mckinnell this is calling out mlw this is calling out the nwa this is calling out ring of honor yeah. calling out new japan america with all of this going on, if you can get a show on a Friday night, two shows on Friday night, to have the shows on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Mondays and, and, and as you mentioned, Impact on Thursdays, you have an opportunity to also get into the fold. This should not be a two-team race. Everyone should be able to eat. With all this free agency, all these wrestlers that are looking for work, all these independents that also that are thriving, you have an opportunity to really pay dividends and get into the race because you're right. It's the most fun that I can remember as a wrestling fan because I can watch wrestling anytime I want, whether it's in the United States or across the country or around the world. It's really awesome right now. Well, hold that thought. I want to swing back around on that. I don't know when we're going to do it, maybe in hour two or hour three, but with Adam Cole potentially being on the move, we've heard the rumors next Friday, Rampage, United Center, CM Punk. The rumors are rampant, right? Mm -hmm. Brian Danielson, the rumors are rampant, right? There could be a tidal wave type shift happening in pro wrestling over the next couple weeks. And it, it, it it's exciting. It's a really, really exciting time. So you talk about other people getting in the fold and stepping their game up with the free agents. Remember, it was just a few years ago where it felt like, it felt like to me, because I was going to the Ring of Honor anniversary shows out here and PWG, and we were watching all this great talent on the indie scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And then the WWE poached everybody. And when I mean everybody, I mean just about everybody. From Red Dragon and Adam Cole to freaking Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Shinsuke. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But we, with the time, we didn't think they could keep them forever, and it doesn't look like they'll be able to keep them forever. So... It just, I don't know what's about to happen. It just feels historic. So let's uh, swing back around on that a little bit later in the show. But for right now, I want to send it out to the callers. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Nation, what did you think of AEW Rampage last night? I know what Jonathan and I thought. We thought it was kick-ass. We want all shows to go back to one hour. It was absolutely amazing. When we come back, we are going to talk about what might have been the best part of AEW Rampage. That was a phenomenal opening match between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. We are just getting started here on a Saturday. I'm Ryan. That's Jonathan. It's busted open. Champion, 
Uh, I loved the finish. I loved the match. I loved everything about that first 20 minutes of Rampage. And I love that Christian obviously is the new champion, but there's some history there given his, you know, time and impact. It was just, it was about as perfectly done as I could have possibly imagined, Jonathan. Ryan, you're in Vegas. I think on the board, Christian Cage probably was a 30 to 1 underdog. To, to take on the cleaner and win the Impact World Championship. I mean, just be honest, like, as much as we uh, respect and appreciate Christian Cage, seven years off, he comes back to uh, AEW and wins the Impact World Championship on the first ever Rampage against yeah. Kenny Omega. Listen, there's plenty of Omega fans out there that believe that he's the kingpin, that he's the number one guy in wrestling in 2021. And to see Christian Cage win... This is what we came to wrestling to see. This is why you and I love wrestling, because we didn't expect that. I don't know about you. I did not expect Christian Cage to win the Impact World Championship on night one, first match of, of Rampage, because Kenny Omega's been on such a roll. All those championships he comes down to, uh, comes down to the ring with, um, he's got Don Callis in his corner. I did not expect for Christian Cage to win, but it was a pleasant surprise to see Cage win the championship. And I, I love the match, and I just love the finish because, again, I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a minute, Christian just won? I think it shocked a lot of people. It definitely, I think it shocked a lot of people. And that was the obviously the point of it, to, to generate that hype, to get people involved. Here's something that has stood out to me. Christian Cage, since his arrival in AEW, has not had one mediocre match. Not even an average match. Every single match this dude has put on in AEW has been entertaining, dare I say, must watch. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jonathan, I'm not a big Christian Cage fan. I wasn't, like, I mean, I respect his history. I liked his work uh, as a tag team, you know, going back with Edge. And I mean, listen... The history is nice, but as an individual performer in the WWE, I I was actually probably at his best match. SummerSlam 2011 against Randy Orton. That was, I mean, in Los Angeles, that was one of the better WWE matches I can remember him having. But as we see now, okay, it wasn't Christian's fault. That man has clearly been able to put on top-level singles competition. It Whatever sort of match you want to see him in, he is able to adapt and to overcome and to give us, wrestling fans, entertaining matches. And I think, at least to me, Jonathan, it speaks volumes to the WWE system as opposed to the AEW system. Whereas in AEW, Christian gets to do whatever he wants, essentially. He gets to call the dance. He gets to lead the show. He gets to be the best version of himself. Let me ask you a question. Were you a fan of Christian Cage in TNA? I was, yes. I mean, I, I, I liked him more in TNA than I liked him in WWE, yes. Because people, you remember the perception, right? When he first, when he left the WWE and went to TNA as Christian Cage, and because Dixie Carter loved Christian, it was kind of like, why? Right? Like, like what? And, but then he had to show, like, away from Edge, I can work too. And I'm going to show you that I can work. It's different, sure. But he's a, a solid professional. It's not, it's never spectacular. It's never dynamic. It's never a 12 on a 10 scale. But what it is, is it's just solid work. And you feel bad for him when he's getting getting his ass kicked. When you see him down, it's yeah. like, is he going to be able to get up from this? Because when, when he is down, you're looking at Christian like, boy, this is going to be over pretty quickly. He doesn't look like he's going to get up. But he finds some resolve. And that's what I like about Christian. Again, it's never been over the top for me. It's like, wow, I can't wait to see. But when you see Christian in the ring, he's going to always give you a fine effort. So that's all I can expect. I've never seen a match where Christian has ever just said, you know what, this is just a house show. I don't care about this. I'm going to give you a 5 out of 10. He always gives you the effort. It may not be what you like, but he's always going to give you effort. I'm happy for him that he's able to get the Impact Championship because you know what? If he doesn't win a championship in AEW, at least for Impact, he raises the bar another level because you know he's oh, going to yeah. be an Impact every other week, probably defending that championship. I also think that Christian suffers, and it's, <laughs> this is not fair, similar to an Orton, where they just make it look so damn easy. They're sure. so fluid, and they're just so 
robotic is not the right word, but in that WWE system, you get your shit in, you have your seven-minute match, you do what you do, and then you're out and you take your paycheck. A lot of the time, right? Yeah. I actually do think Christian's capable of a 12 out of 10 if he's working with Kenny Omega. And that is what's so interesting about this win last night is it sets up obviously all out, but it sets up who knows what else. Because we've seen what Omega can do in a half-hour match. We've seen what Omega can do in an hour-plus match. I don't really know what Christian can do in that situation. And I saw, I didn't think he'd be capable of doing what he did in that 20-minute no. match last night. So I I just, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed that opening title match, how happy I was for Christian, and Jonathan, how excited it has me for the future. If you are an Impact Wrestling fan, you've got a veteran now. And uh, by the way, Kenny Omega was at the tippy top, is just being Impact champion. I understand yeah. that you know what he brings to Impact, but you know he has a very busy schedule. Look at all the championships he has, Ryan. I mean, going through the airport, he must be going through a tough time through the airport. He's got to explain all those championships when he gets to the airport. But well, at least with Christian, he's got his championships, right? And so think about the matchups he can have an Impact on Thursdays. So that only helps Impact. And and I know when I'm watching Rampage, I'm like, hmm, it's not an AEW championship that's being defended first. But I thought that AEW did a nice job of explaining the story. Look at this. Look at all these championships that Omega is wearing. Okay, the Impact Championship is going to be on the line. Now, if I'm a first-time viewer, I'm like, well, what's Impact? Okay, so they explain the story of, of Kenny being the champion and Christian Cage being I guess the underdog in this spot because he's a challenger. And then Christian winning, I think a great story was all tied together uh, for everyone to understand why that matchup was important. Yeah, and to all of those Impact fans that have been bitching and moaning and vetching about, well, how does this benefit us? You know, how is this making Impact look so... There you go. They led their debut primetime show with your title... And now your former champion is champion once again after beating the best professional wrestler in the world, pound for pound, at least on a lot of people's list, Jonathan. Yeah, and, and so the forbidden door opened. Yes, <laughs> the sir. forbidden door is open. Anytime that you have a new show at Impact and that world championship is first, then the, the door definitely is open. Now, again, it's not the traditional wrestling I remember. Not, not at all. No. But what I love is that it's different. It was new and fresh. That matchup, Omega against Cage. I didn't think I'd ever see that. And then we were able to see that on Friday night. It's just I thought that that's the, a great way to get everything started to the point where I kind of think that maybe that match overshadowed everything else on Friday night. We'll talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to disagree. We, it's definitely something we'll talk about, and I'm sure the uh, listeners, we already got a stack full, <laughs> full bank, so apologies to those who you can't get through. We will start busting through uh, these calls coming up here shortly. How about, just, just, just to mark out for a minute, how about that sell job by Omega on the chair for the uh, kill shot? Like, <laughs> yeah. that was... I, I, I don't think it could have been executed any better. Omega knew what he needed to do, and, and I mean, I mean, that's Omega. He, that's why we call him the best pro wrestler in the world because he just elevates everything, everybody, and now he's got Don Callis alongside him. My God. Yeah, it was a mark-out moment for everybody uh, for, to see Christian Cage win, especially that uh, that close. It was a mark-out moment for Chris Jericho. I, now I know what the pain maker <laughs> is, his commentary. That's the pain maker. Yeah, he yeah he was uh, he was in a 12 out of 10 all night. Maybe he had a few in Tony Khan's Red Bulls. Speaking of, speaking of the commentary booth, our guy! The world's strongest man made his debut on AEW, obviously, last night on Rampage. We will be having Mark Henry stop by at some point throughout the show. We're texting with him. We're, we're trying to figure out his schedule, but rest assured, Mark will be stopping by. Let's hear from Mark Henry because he caught up with Christian Cage after his big win on AEW Rampage. This is Mark Henry with Cage last night. You have got to be excited about this. The new Impact World Champion. Listen, it's got to be one of the proudest moments of your life. But you have something else in store for us coming up in September 5th. Listen, man, the AEW 
World Championship. That's the big moment. Tell me something. How, how do you feel? I feel great, and you know what? I'll tell you right now. This little bit of the bubbly is damn cold, but it is hot tonight in Pittsburgh, baby. Now, Mark, and I love you. I'm so glad you're here, by the way. I said I was going to take Kenny's titles, and I was going to start with the Impact Championship. But guess what? Kenny Omega is as advertised. He is one of the toughest guys I've ever been in that ring with. And he's so talented. So if I thought beating him for this Impact Championship was going to be hard, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to win that AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But I'm living in your head right now, aren't I, Kenny? You know what can be done. You know I can beat you. And it's going to happen at All Out. All Out, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a new champion. Christian, congratulations, man. I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy for Mark Henry. Man, it was good seeing that guy back on my TV. For real, Jonathan. It was just good to see him having fun. Come on, Henry. With the, where's the unbiased commentary there? What do you mean we're going to have a new champion? What are you saying, Henry? Is he, you put it out there. Are you, some foreshadowing there from the world's strongest man. Wait a minute. Or he's just really excited. He was just really excited for his old WWE bout, Christian. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and he and Mark has told stories to you about those matchups he had with Christian, just like house shows and how good Christian really is when he's in the ring with him. So I, I heard you have a, a conversation with Mark about that, so you know that, that that was genuine for Mark. He is very happy for his guy. Yeah, and that's what you're going to get out of Mark Henry is uh, genuineness and a little bit of comedy and uh, who knows, who knows. But uh, I I like him as a roaming reporter. I like the role that he's in, specifically from this standpoint. A four-man booth is a lot of voices, Jonathan. Oh I know people who refuse to work in a three-man booth, let alone a four-man booth. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was Naked Gun last night. I mean, Dr. J's <laughs> brothers was there, Tim McCarver, Dick Vitale. I mean, my God, man. It's just like, I mean, that, that's a lot of voices. And, and so, but this is what Tony Khan wanted. I, I think that Taz is already solid. It's a different conversation, Ryan, but Taz's work in AEW is not not just as a manager, but as a broadcaster is excellent. He's actually actually underrated as as a manager, quite frankly. And and so then (laughs) then you have Jericho, and I thought that Jericho at the beginning of the pandemic when he was doing some color with with, uh, Tony was good. But hey, man, everything's not 100 Okay, everything's not a hundred. I know that he's excited, but an Irish whip is not. It's not that. He was very excited. <laughs> you know, there's Excal- Excalibur knows the background and, and the and the storylines there, and then there's Mark, and and Mark, you know, with a four man booth, he's got to find his voice. I thought that as the match ebbed and flowed for um, Omega against Callus, you got a chance to hear Mark more, but it's it's cumbersome in that booth to say the least. Yeah, well, um, if that's the only thing that we're really, you know, critiquing here on a Friday night for Rampage, I'd say it's a pretty damn good thing. All right, Nation, you're lined up. I see you. We're coming to you next. We're going to take a quick break. 877-344-4893-877. Fight 93. We're heading out to the calls. Fight Nation. Bust it open, Nation. We come back here on a Saturday. Saturday. We're back on a Saturday. I'm Ryan McKinnell. That's Jonathan Hood. We are about to head out to the phone lines and catch up with you and get your thoughts on a brand new era in Friday nights. Let's start with Kyle in New Jersey. What's up, Kyle? Kyle. Kyle in New Jersey. What's up, brother? You there? I'm sorry about that. I was on mute. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um... Thanks, guys, for taking my call. John, I just want to say real quick, I'm happy you're, you're back, man. We missed you. Thank you um, very much. I appreciate it. For sure, man. Um, the one thing I want to say is, so I, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I, I watch everything. I'm very, I'm very open about that. Mondays, I stopped watching Raw a long time ago. And it's, you know, I keep it to myself for the most part. Obviously, I'm saying it publicly here, but who cares? Friday, 
last night was so awesome with the three hours that I watched between SmackDown and Rampage that it actually made three hours, you know, I was able to sit through it and I was able to enjoy it and I had such a blast. And I remember thinking to myself and, and actually talking to my brother about it, we're looking at a change in the game from, yes, you can have three hours of compelling television. Now, granted, it was two different companies and two different formats, but you can do three hours of television wrestling and have it be good TV and have it be action-packed. We're not getting that on Monday. That's fine. But now we can see that it can be done. So now there's no excuses anymore. Absolutely. I, I think it's a good point because for years, and we all know this, for about a 20-year stretch, it's like, well, if, if Monday Night Raw is not good, then the wrestling business isn't good. That's not true. If Monday Night Raw has been, has been a bad product for a while, uh, and so if you don't like that, then you do have NXT, you have AEW, you have other places to go. So the idea that, well, if the quote-unquote flagship show of WWE is not good, then Russ, no, you have other choices. And that's actually, that is really the hallmark of the business. Different styles, different wrestlers, different ways to look at the business as a fan. I mean, like it's like it's like the, all the other sports, right? Everyone doesn't do play baseball the same. There's stolen bases, there's, there's home run power, there's pitching, whatever it is. So every team is not built the same. Every wrestling company shouldn't be built the same either. So that's not actually a bad thing. If you're not watching Raw, there's plenty of other things to watch. Well, and, it, and, and Jonathan, it felt for a while, especially these last six, seven years, as the WWE was just cleaning cleaning house on the independent circuit, right? Sure. Just buying up everything. It felt like ROH had taken a dip. It felt like everyone had taken a dip because of what WWE was doing. Now, the tide has shifted. Now, there are other options. Now, people like Mark Henry, Paul White, leaving WWE, going to AEW. Who knows where some of these other signings and free agents, I mean, there are plenty of releases, right? Where they're going to end up. But what I do know is, is that I was heartbroken five or six years because I knew it was going to happen with a lot of these talents. There just wasn't enough space for them in WWE, so they were undoubtedly going to go to waste. And the independent, and I, I don't even like using the word independent, the... the the internet, the wrestling community in general would suffer, right? Sure. I think we're getting back to a renaissance. We're getting back now with these free agents, right? Who knows where they're going to land? The possibilities are endless. And people feel it, Jonathan. People can feel it, almost taste it in the air that there's a shift happening. Well, and it is funny that you mentioned how the WWE really wanted to have their own version of Ring of Honor by getting some of the independent talent and putting them in the NXT, right? And now all of a sudden, now you don't want what you coveted years ago. You, you wanted that, and now all of a sudden, now you want to go back to 89, 90, where you just want big guys. Some can work, some cannot. See, that, actually, that's going to be a positive. You know, people are, are bitching about these releases and how, how could you release my favorite guys? Oh, it's or, good. Uh, it's that's, good. That's okay. Shot. Yeah, it's yep. fine. That's yep. it's totally fine because you know what? WWE wanted to have their own version of Ring of Honor until Vince said, I don't want to have these little guys around because they can't draw money. Okay, cool. You know what? They'll go someplace else, like an AEW or MLW or NWA, Ring of Honor, everywhere else, and they'll spread that talent across, and we'll see some of the greatest wrestling that we've ever seen. And, and I'm totally fine with it. I'm here for it. Watch what happens if you don't re-sign Adam Cole and if he goes to AEW. That's all. Just, just, just watch. Vince clearly, Vince clearly doesn't give a shit about Adam Cole. Now, I people have made the comments, he's too small, he's this, he's that, you know, he... <laughs> <laughs> so that ridiculous. man is so it is, it is that's why I laughed. It's so ridiculous. He's so talented. You see what they do with Malachi Black. Can you imagine? I mean, you see what they do with Miro. Can you imagine what they would do with Adam Cole? Could oh. you imagine what they do oh. with CM Punk? Could you imagine what they do with Brian Danielson? Mixing it up with Chris Jericho, MJF. The list goes on, man. Exciting times, Jonathan. Exciting times. All right, let's head back out to the phone lines. We got one of our favorites, Marcus in Atlanta. What's up, Marcus? Hey, what's going on, Ryan? How you doing, buddy? I can't complain. I can't complain. Jonathan, what's going on? First time talking to you. I like you. Keep it going. Thank you, man. What's cracking? Man, I uh, it was weird. Uh, these whack-ass Falcons uh, blacked out uh, SmackDown last night. So I got to go back and watch that. But 
<laughs> As what happens when it's on a Fox affiliate. <laughs> you, sometimes you get your SmackDown, sometimes you don't. <laughs> I um, I like I like Rampage a lot. Uh, to me, you know, if I'm a little bit older, it reminded me of those old NWA Power Hours. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The five. You know, I still rep that uh, Arn Anderson versus Great Muda sticking that DDT for the TV title. So <laughs> loved it a lot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it stays more like Power Hour and doesn't evolve into Thunder. That 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 that'll be the uh, the biggest thing when you have an extra show like that. But um, I thought it was cool. To me, the coolest thing about that show was the uh, was the Britt Baker match, and with uh, yesterday being National Lefty Day, I thought it was a cool tip of the hat when he used her left hand to uh, get the submission. Yes. I love that. You know what? That, that's out, a great point. Out, shout out to the lefties. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. We appreciate the telephone call. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, yeah, I love that. So I just, and also, and you notice this, Ryan, I don't have to say it, but I just, I just want to talk to you about it just real briefly. You know who's winning in all this is just you and me and all the other fans. We went through the pandemic of empty arenas or very few fans in arenas. I, I loved how Pittsburgh was just on fire because you, you're already there Wednesday. And then what I was thinking is when I, when I turn on Rampage, I'm like, boy, it's 10 o'clock Eastern Pittsburgh. What are these fans going to be like? It was like Wednesday. It's like they never left. They had the terrible towels and they were still hyped on, at 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday night. They had as much energy on Friday as they did on Wednesday. So we win as fans. They had just the anticipation of something big. The fans in Pittsburgh on Wednesday and Friday, hats off to them. They were on fire. I completely agree. Speaking of uh, fans being on fire, we talked about it a little bit before the show. You're located in Chicago. I'm from South Bend. I am going to be in Chicago at the end of August uh, for like about three weeks. I plan on going to Rampage. I plan on going to Dynamite. I plan on going to All Out. And yes, to the people who have been asking me, I am going to be in Vegas for SummerSlam. I'll have some more information on when we can meet up and hang out and have some beers. Uh, coming up in the coming days, so keep an eye on my Twitter, and I'll talk to you guys next Saturday as well. Uh, but Jonathan, uh, I got to ask: Are you going to be at uh, Rampage? Are you going to be at Dynamite, or you got prior obligations? I will be at Rampage. I'll okay. be at Dynamite. I'll be at Dynamite in Milwaukee. Nice. I, I will be. Well, I'll be at all out. I'm not. I'm still worried, worried about that. But I know I'm going to be at least three events for AEW. But I'm at. I'm definitely going to Milwaukee because I just want to experience a different market. Because I've seen AEW in Chicagoland. So United. So United Center, the Now Arena, and definitely the Panther Arena in Milwaukee for sure. Thinking about St. Louis in November. Also, hold on. When, when's the Milwaukee show? Because now you're now you're going to add to my trip. Is that? That's. That is August. No, no, I, I, dude. You know I got a calendar. <laughs> you know I'm penciling it in, right? It's not on my phone. I have it like written in because I'm old school. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Right next to your, pen, right next to your pencil sharpener. <laughs> dude, I've got the calendar right here. Hey, I, like it. I, like <laughs> so, I have it. Detailed, you're a detailed man, Jonathan. Uh, detailed or old? Uh, still, so I wrote it down. No, that is August 25th in Milwaukee. I'll be there for that. Okay, I don't think I can make that. Thank God. Yeah. I just, I, well, not really thank God. I mean, I'd love to make it, but Jonathan, I was mentioning to you, I got Cubs and Sox I got to worry about. I got a Guns N' Roses concert I'm trying to hit in Indy. I got this oh. Megadeth Lamb of God show I'm trying to hit in Chicago on a Thursday. Yeah. I got opening for Notre Dame football on September 11th. I got three pro wrestling events. I got my birthday on uh, Friday, September 3rd, which is that uh, rampage in Chicago. I just, there's only so much time and so much fun to be had. If I had to <laughs> Had a trip to Milwaukee in there because believe me, if it was gonna be during my trip, you would have found my ass in Milwaukee too. Because I just can't get enough fun and enough pro wrestling. All right, what do you think? Take one more call before we go off the break. Absolutely, and for you and me, as Jeff Jarrett would say, it's a summer of no worries. Look at all the wrestling we got. Look at all the concerts. I mean, we're bro, good this summer, bro, bro. It's the year. It's the it's it's the half decade. <laughs> of no, no worries. worries. I'm getting in all the shit I lost over the last 18 months. I'm making no excuses. I'm seeing everything. I'm going to Aftershock in Sacramento. I've got festivals lined up, concerts. Now, if we could just stop the spread of the Delta variant turning into the Lambda variant, if everyone could mask up, 
uh, we could go to even more shit. But uh, that's a story for another day. Next up on the line, we got Carrie in St. Louis. Want to talk about what was the better part of Rampage, Britt Baker versus Red Velvet in the main event. What a burner. What's up, Carrie? Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this morning? Good Great. Buddy. How you doing? Good. Real good. Real good. I just want to tell you, before we get into Britt Baker and the, and the Red Velvet, I just want to say that the whole evening was fantastic. Uh, yes, sir. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, and, and I just want to tell you, the crowd in Pittsburgh was just awesome. And, uh, I mean, just just simply awesome. And, and one special thing about Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh is, is, is really good on stars that come from Pittsburgh. If you are a, a sports star and, 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 and you... T- you're from Pittsburgh. I mean, the people in Pittsburgh has a special affinity uh, towards those stars. I mean, like if you played football, if you're like Franco Harris, you could go and go anywhere. And you don't have to pay for anything for the rest of your life, you know. And, and that's the way you're looking at it with uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Just, just simply awesome. And, uh, and you guys can comment, and I'd like to give a main comment, then I'll get off the line because I know you guys are busy today. Oh, well, go right ahead. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, the, and, the, and once again, the match with Dr. Britt Baker and Red Velvet was beautiful, uh, beautiful match. The only issue that I I saw that uh, that uh, that's worth a comment, and maybe I missed it, was when uh, Doctor did her uh, submission hold. To me, I didn't see the Red Velvet uh, submit. I mean, I, I I seen when she put her her. Uh, you know her her hand in the mouth of the of the red velvet, but I did not see the submission. Maybe uh, maybe I missed it, but uh, if if we didn't see a submission, maybe that qualifies uh, the red velvet to receive a, a rematch. Uh, and that's that's my comment. Man, I love you guys, and I'd love to hear you, you guys comment offline. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, uh, Ryan, I don't know about you, but the hand in the mouth of the red velvet is a hell of a line this morning. It's a hell of a line. <laughs> Don't leave that one alone, Jonathan. I'm just saying, um, that's what he said. It, it, it was a verbal. It was a verbal submission. I, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, that, that, listen, that was a great main event. I do think it was overshadowed, though, in my opinion, by Omega and Christian. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It should have been, listen, Britt Baker in Pittsburgh, main event defending her title on a debut episode of Rampage. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way i jonathan i talked about this uh yesterday when i filled in uh, for dave that if you would have told me 15 years ago when we were in the era of the brawn panties matches and yada 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 that we would be kicking off a prime time television show or not kicking off excuse me main eventing a sure. new debut prime time television show on tnt with two female champions in this sense red velvet will day one day be a champion red velvet is young she still has a lot of work to do but she has all the makings of a future champion and Britt baker is the face of the women's division and one of the best homegrown one of the best talents period in aew so uh yeah man can't say enough good things about that main event those two women I love watching that main event, and I, and Dr. Britt Baker is a must-watch. You know, notice the promos on AEW, and you see this all across the wrestling, where someone starts a promo, and someone's music starts and interrupts the promo 30 seconds in, 45 seconds in. Britt Baker, along with Tony Schiavone, is the great one of the best one-two punches when it comes to promos, because Britt's just... just just riffing, right? For a minute, two minutes. She doesn't need anyone to interrupt her because her stream of, of thought, her promos are great. And Tony's there holding the mic. And so there's no interruption. That's what I like about Britt Baker. She doesn't need anyone interrupting her. She says what's on her mind. She looks right in the camera and she makes you believe. And that really is what wrestling is all about. You got a promo? Look me in the eyes and tell me how real you are because that tells me all I need to know. Well, speaking of promos, a master class given across the board on Friday night happened in AEW Rampage, but more specifically on Friday night SmackDown. We're going to kick off hour two talking about John Cena and Roman Reigns, but when we come back, we are going to be talking about the drip god himself, the one and only Seth Rollins cutting one of the best promos of his entire career last night and that's saying something we'll be right back here on a saturday this is busted open
that's Jonathan Hood. We are about to dive into a little bit of SmackDown after spending the majority of the first hour talking about Rampage. We're still figuring out how we're going to be doing this Saturday show now that we got two shows to dive into, but we want to sprinkle in a little bit of both throughout each hour. And Jonathan, I got to be honest with you, man. One of my favorite parts of SmackDown last night, and it was a promo-heavy show, mm -hmm. but uh, the work that Seth Rollins did, I, I just, he's one of my favorite people on the mic, and he had some lines last night that really hit with me. We have some audio that we're going to let the listeners hear from, and then we're going to react to it. Let's play this first clip from Seth Rollins that we heard from last night on SmackDown. Edge's epic comeback, the Royal Rumbles, the main event at WrestleMania, none of that would have happened if I stomped him back in 2014. His acting career, poof, that's gone. He, he, he wouldn't be at home pushing his girls on a swing set because they'd be pushing him in a damn wheelchair. I saw someone tell me on Twitter that they don't believe him, that he's not authentic. And I know it's pro wrestling fans and everyone can have their opinion. I just don't know what they're not seeing or hearing. I, 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 he's one of the best. So I saw him and paid good money to see Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. Hell yeah. and, I will, and, and, and I will tell you something, Ryan McKinnell. Let me tell you something. That's a far cry from what I saw from that young kid from Iowa, Tyler Black. Sure. Now, so, so the idea that that uh, somehow Seth Rollins is not believable. Think about who he is. Think about who he was and think about who he is now. Absolutely, he's believable, especially as a heel. As a matter of fact, he should stay a heel. I think that Correct. for the rest of his yes. career, he should be a heel yes. because he seems very comfortable in it. He's great. He's great as a heel. And the believability, the storytelling, as you said, the evolution he's had uh, uh, since Ring of Honor. Um, and what he's, I mean, he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers on the roster. Um, I love the line about it putting in a wheelchair, uh, about putting him in a wheelchair. Not as much as I love, though, when he called in the camera real close. He, he told the cameraman, come in, come in, because I got something more to say. And he dropped this line about family, which hit real hard, given, well, the fact that he's a new dad and Becky Lynch is rumored to be returning soon. More on Seth Rollins last night on SmackDown. He's making me say things I don't want to say. He's making me think things I don't want to think. He's making me be a person I don't want to be. But he's put himself between me and the Universal Championship too many times. And that is compromising my future. And that is compromising the future of my family. Get in here. Get in here. Edge, this is not 2014 anymore. Times have changed. I've changed. And at SummerSlam, I will not hesitate. I will not hold back. I will stomp your head into this mat. And if that puts you out for good, then so be it. Seth Rollins last night on SmackDown. A very motivated, a very pissed off, a very believable Seth Rollins, Jonathan Hood. Absolutely. Because he makes you believe he's a lunatic. <laughs> like, like that he's a little bit off kilter and that and also he comes across very dangerous especially when he brought as you mentioned the, the got real close to the camera and didn't do the over the top yelling he just kind of just told you straight up you know what you're done on SummerSlam. And so, again, the power of the promo, I believe. Now I want to watch that match even more so. Yeah, now, now, now I don't know who's going to win. Yeah, and Edge already is like a, 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 is, is a great promo. It's always been a great promo. That, I mean, that's always been the case. But when you see Seth Rollins just lower the voice a little bit, a la Jake Roberts and Raven, those guys would always, didn't have to yell, just coming a little close to the camera just let you know that, you know, I'm going to get you. At SummerSlam. I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. So I thought that that was an A-plus promo to make me believe, man, when I see this match, this could be a sleeper match on already stacked SummerSlam card. Well, speaking of promos that make you believe, SmackDown was a promo-heavy show, mm -hmm. but when it is John Cena and Roman Reigns face-to-face -face, going back and forth and dropping the bombs that they did last night on SmackDown, woo, there are promos, and then there are promos. We're going to take a quick break. 60 seconds when we come back, we are leading with two of the greatest of their generation, Roman Reigns and John Cena going face-to-face.
Jonathan Hood. I can't hear that song and not think about old Chicago baseball at WGN. I always felt like that song somehow got sprinkled in on a commercial, on a lead-in, on a comeback, on a whatever. But uh, I don't know about you. That, that very nostalgic song there. That song was used for so many things, including commercials and and whatever, and definitely for parties in the backyard. That is a song that everyone knows for sure. That gets everybody on the dance floor. You put that on on a certain amount of certain age of uh, of the crowd there at a party, people are on the dance floor for that for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. We are back here, hour two getting underway here on Busted Open. And listen, we got plenty more. AEW Rampage talk to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully going to be hearing from Mark Henry throughout the next couple of hours. We're waiting to get him on the line and get his thoughts on what was his debut as well in AEW last night. But, Jonathan, we got to talk some SmackDown. Obviously, we're a week away from SummerSlam. We're getting closer and closer. I'm getting more interested as the weeks go by. And, uh, I mean, it's really easy to be interested when you have the type of matchups that we have heading into uh, Allegiant Stadium there on that Saturday, August 21st. Now, one of the matches that everyone is excited about is obviously Roman Reigns and John Cena. And for a lot of people, Jonathan, you know, I've been mentioning it now for about a month. There's a select few, and it's not even like, like, let's be real. And, and we're about to hear some of the promo work from these two last night, and they kind of addressed it. Like, Roman Reigns used, like, we do good storytelling here. I mean, they really pulled the curtain back and get, had a really different type of promo war, right? Um, I feel like this was kind of needed for this rivalry uh, because, again, I don't think the WWE is going to allow, right, Many people to go in there and beat a Roman Reigns. John Cena is one of them, and they kind of addressed that last night. That's part of what makes this this feud and this battle so interesting. So I, I've never done hot takes. I'm too old to do hot takes, but I do have strong opinions, right? I'm with, I, I'm with you, brother. Right, I don't do hot takes, but I will yeah. say this. Firmly tongue-in-cheek, because I love to have fun with you on the show. <laughs> Firmly tongue-in-cheek, when I watch SmackDown, for real now, when I watch SmackDown... I feel like Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are not in the building. No shit. Meaning, meaning, like they're not at the table. Like they have. Yeah. In in my mind, when I watch SmackDown, I go, "That's not anything close to Raw." There's no I way mean, Vince is signing off on this. There's. He's, I, I honestly got it. I don't think he's there. I don't have any inside information. But there's no fucking explanation, Jonathan Hood, as to why Monday Night Raw can be so bad. Now, actually, Monday Night Raw was pretty good this week. So I just. Uh, we'll get to that week. I understand later. your point. Start though. out three, but but historically, Monday Night Raw is dog shit, right? And yeah. for the last eighteen two years, eighteen months, two years, whatever. Meanwhile, Friday Night SmackDown is killing it. A lot of yes. that I think has to do with Paul Heyman, and you're absolutely right. Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon, they must be chilling on an island somewhere, drinking margaritas. I don't know because I'm, I'm with you, brother. They are not in the building because there are two different shows. That that's yes. my point. Like I'm watching yes. the open of this, and we're going to hear the sound of here and i'm like there's no way they're allowing this they're the mentioning of, of dean ambrose and all this like wait wait what show is this am i watching aew like i don't know like because of the way that raw is written and then you get to smackdown it's like boy that's a shoot to the audience where the people in tulsa and there was a great crowd in tulsa by the way they're like oh like but when they hear cena and roman talk you can hear them like riding the wave of that promo and it's kind of like SmackDown's always had that little edge that Raw hasn't. I know that Smack I know SmackDown wrestlers is like, oh, you watched us back in the day? No one cared about SmackDown in our building. Well, I cared about it because it was always different. And watching that show yesterday and just some of the things that were said there, especially in this opening promo, this opening segment, I'm like, that's not WWE at all. And, and to the point where I was like, Vince, no way he signed off on this. <laughs> who who wrote this? Michael Hayes? Yeah, no, 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 no. We, 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 we know who wrote it. We know who's We know whose fingerprints are all over Friday night. Two words, Paul Heyman. Now, yep. let's hear from John Cena last night as he addressed Roman Reigns face-to-face on Friday Night SmackDown. 
You've been protected by the Shield. Hell, you almost ruined Seth Rollins. You ran Dean Ambrose out of WWE. You've had, you've had ten whole years, five WrestleMania main events. Paul Heyman in your corner, two lackeys to do your dirty work, the protection of the system, and it still isn't working. You need to be embarrassed. You people want a compelling story at SummerSlam, right? One, two, three. We do compelling storylines here on SmackDown. Is Roman Reigns' quote. <gasps> Broke the fourth wall, did they not? Yep, yep. I never would have expected to hear something like that for Roman Reigns. But you know what? I, and he, you know what? Speaking of breaking the fourth wall, something you didn't hear in there, uh, Cena making a little reference to CM Punk and Money in the Bank in Chicago. He's like, I'm going to beat you one, two, three, and I might even blow you a kiss, and I'm going to run out of the Allegiant Stadium as quickly as possible, and I might blow you a kiss. It was such a great promo between those two i i feel like you're going to be showing that to pro wrestling classes for the next half century man like for real like it was two of the greatest of their generation at the top of their game with a live microphone and i would imagine with as long as that went they were given some freedom to 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 freestyle and to kind of you know give us your best and then also okay fine credit to roman reigns and john cena they were doing all the talking but Hot damn, if the addition of Paul Heyman sitting there on the side making his little feet faces, making the little <laughs> comments and everything. It, it was just a master class, Jonathan. It really was. Uh, but uh, let me uh, let me unpack this whole system thing with Roman Reigns. I need to talk to you about this. So, Ryan, so John Cena's claim is that uh, that the system has built Roman Reigns, right? I mean, that's what we're hearing. Like, right. you know, the system that you've been in while I've been away – you know, the, the, everyone's been protecting you. You were protecting the shield. You're protecting you as a singles wrestler. And now as the champion, uh, you know, as a universal champion, you've been protecting the system. It's so ironic because isn't that what we as wrestling fans said about John Cena? That the systems are protected, that you buried wrestlers, you know, all, you know, all throughout your time as champion, the 16 times that you've been champion and guys that should have been champion, guys that should have been ahead of you in the card. Uh, that you buried him because of the system. How ironic that John Cena says the system has been protecting Roman Reigns when we have said that as wrestling fans about John Cena. You see the what's connection. The, what's the line in Batman where he says, "Either live, either live long enough to die the hero, or see yourself become the villain"? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Heard that. Cena yep. has went from. <laughs> That version, essentially, he was the hero, and he was the hero long enough that he became the villain. But now, he was the kind of the hero-villain for so long, he's back to the hero. Like, he went hero-villain-hero, all the while being billed as a babyface. I'm just saying, it is, it is, as you said, ironic that he uses that, that sort of terminology when he is essentially, as you said, he is the system. But... Yeah, what's he saying there? Like, he's saying that Roman Reigns is protected by the system. Like, okay, so, I mean, that's only been for a short period of time. For John Cena, he's still protected by the system. Why do you think he's in this main event in Vegas? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, just, I just think that's very... funny. Yeah, oh, but I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by that because, well, you know, and, and there was a lot of barbs thrown back and forth, which was awesome, and Tulsa was about it because they understood every bit of it. Like, yeah. all the shoot stuff, all the stuff about Nikki Bella, like, you know, the you weren't good enough for Nikki Bella. Yeah, the missionary for, position wasn't clearly good enough for Nikki Bella. Yep, yeah, yep. I mean, the, the Dean Ambrose thought right there, like, and people like, oh, Dean Ambrose mentioned, wow, how about that? So I, I thought just all of that, Imagine if the WWE had more of that, right? Not, not doesn't have to be every episode, but every now and then on Raw and SmackDown, you had something where I'm winking at the audience. Hey, I know that you're smart, so we're just going to give you a little carrot so you can talk about it tomorrow. You know, yeah. good stuff like that. What's the likelihood that Cena wins by your estimation at SummerSlam? Well, here's the thing: the promos make me believe that Cena can win. Yeah. Because I, if because if Cena loses again, I'm not into the 16, 17 time world championships because this era of the hot potato championship doesn't mean anything to me in, in WWE. Other places, okay. yes, but w, yeah. I don't care about that. Like if Cena wins and he ties or surpasses Ric Flair, oh, I don't care about that. But the promos made me believe 
there's an outside possibility that John Cena can win. Because if Cena loses, what does that say for Cena? He's Mike, all he says is one, two, three. That's the whole that's the whole gimmick now. All I need is three seconds to beat you. So say Roman loses. Okay, so now there's box office again for them to wrestle again. See, after SummerSlam, I want to see this again. So can oh, I get a absolutely. rematch? Okay, can I, I want a rematch then. I would love to see a trilogy. I would love to see Cena win, essentially, on uh, at Allegiant just to create some interest. Do a quick trilogy. Not quick, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. do it to... Uh, ooh, let's see... Survivor, Survivor Series, Series Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble, yeah, probably Royal Rumble. Like we, if you could do it into that, but I don't know if Cena's. That's the thing is, I don't know how invested he is in this run. I would love to see that. Here's the thing, I don't know where Brock Lesnar stands, right? And that that's the real caveat here. Brock Lesnar and The Rock. When are they planning on using them? Because they are going to use them. There's no way that you don't have Paul Heyman choose between Brock Lesnar, right? And Roman Reigns. You have to tell that story. And then obviously you got to tell the Tribal Chief story with, with uh, The Rock and Roman Reigns. So I don't know what plans they have. But I'm really, really hoping. Because this story is, is it's so good, Jonathan. Between Roman and John, That I, 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 I can't have it just be one match. It's, it's got to be more than one for me as a wrestling fan. But I'll also oh, say yeah. this. While you're not building new stars to take to be on the same level as Roman, while you're still through the pandemic, when you had an opportunity, I mean, this is not a shot at Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. I'm not talking about that. But while you had an opportunity for a year plus to build new stars to be able to take on Roman Reigns, you let your you let the grass grow uh, over your feet, and you still are stuck. You have veterans like a John Cena, or you have Goldberg, or guys like that. You had an opportunity to build new stars to be on the same plane or close to Roman Reigns to have a believable main event matchup for the Universal Championship, and you didn't do it. So John Cena's back. So because you don't have the quality main event stars to take on Roman Reigns, then just keep on going with John Cena and Roman Reigns. That's what I say, because at this point in time, after a year in the pandemic, you would think there should be five or six guys and you can look at that roster and say, for sure, those guys can beat Roman Reigns and those guys can carry the company. But they didn't do it. So just keep going with this Roman Reigns and John Cena and I'll be entertained by it. Yep. And then hopefully Brock Lesnar down the line and then potentially The Rock. There's a lot of interesting stories to be told by Roman Reigns and John Cena. Uh the question is, though, again, how long is John Cena being willing to stick around? Suicide Squad. Did you see Suicide Squad yet? I did. Oof. What a job John Cena did. <laughs> I did. I I enjoyed that. Uh, I didn't expect naughty words to come out of John Cena's mouth. But <laughs> it sounds like he does that pretty often. It did. You know what? It did pop me for him to have some some swear words in there. I'm like, there's a guy with some edge there. I like it. I like that. To, to the point where it, our our wet dream of John Cena being a, C, a heel. Heel. <laughs> heel, <yeah. laughs> like, you know, like, it's like we marked out when he had the NWO shirt. We took our Bray Wyatt, right? It was just like, oh. Oh my God, what if, right? Oh my God, Cena is a heel, like going back to the days of him taking on The Undertaker in his first couple years at WWE. That's what I, that's the Cena I wanted. Uh, but seeing the Suicide Squad, I'm like, hmm, there is some edge there with John Cena to the point where I'd like to see that in WWE, but they'll never do it. No, they won't. They won't. Unless, unless, you know, maybe Suicide Squad changed Vince's mind. I say that. That's a complete joke. That did not happen. No, John Cena is Vince has, never. Vince has not seen a movie since a Rocky one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Goddamn, pal. That's pretty good. Uh, Rocky. No no, Can we no sign him? Goddamn, pal. He saw no holds barred. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yes! I forgot. Yes, that was the last. That was the last. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Nation, what do you think about SmackDown? I actually think we have an open slot. So if you've been trying to get through, I know the phone lines are usually jammed. I think we got one open slot. So wait patiently. Give us your thoughts on that fantastic open to SmackDown. Of course, AEW Rampage. We still got plenty more to get to from that and. When we come back, let's talk about Britt Baker, Red Velvet, and what that may mean for AEW going forward. Back to AEW Rampage when we come back here on a Busted Open Saturday. Wow, that was fun. Working with Ryan McKinnell and 
doing Busted Open on a Saturday edition. Lots to unpack there in that episode, right? Lots of great fun on a Friday to see SmackDown and Rampage, as we talked about. Don't forget to follow the show, Wrestling TWT. It's Wrestling TWT on Instagram and Twitter. Let me get your feedback on our show, the show I did on Busted Open, that was live on SiriusXM, Channel 156, Fight Nation. i uh, love to get your feedback on our show and your feedback on the Friday night that was SmackDown and Rampage. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I told you I'd hook you up. I told you I would not let you down. So that is uh, an hour of the show that Ryan McKill and I did. If you want to hear more, I will do it by request. I may release another hour, but it's up to you if you want to hear more of our conversation uh, on Busted Open. This is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. And tell people, John Hood Talks Wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, not only on this podcast, but also on Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM Channel 156.